The people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. It was not even a memory because it's not an experience that I had lived, but it was rather something that my mind had conjured up after being told this story over and over again. The story of a scared little girl leaving a baby at the doorstep of my dad, who was also just a student at the time. Do you believe in love at first sight? Or is love a conscious choice that we make? Love arises when hormones in your brain begin to respond a certain way to someone or something. But at first sight, someone, in this case, can appeal to any of those five senses and you can be attracted to them. Hello, my beautiful people, wherever you're at, whatever time it is, you're welcome back to another episode of On Tape. As usual, I am your host, Musinare, and um, I'm excited to be back. It's been a minute, and I can confirm that we are back and we are better. I'm in better shape to be consistent with this podcast and and put out more content. Feedback from our previous episode was also amazing and um, it was so nice to hear from some of you who were able to relate to Mugabe's story. It was just powerful and I'm really looking forward to sharing more experiences like that. So remember, if you want to share your experience on the podcast, you can always reach out on our socials. We're on tape the podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And for those that have already shared their stories, I am forever grateful that you trust me to share your stories with the world. So make sure you stay tuned. We'll also be introducing the new segment at the end of this episode. So make sure you stick around till the end. On Tape Moments will be a new segment that allows our listeners and the audience to interact with us directly and we'll always have different prompts and different topics. Again, you can participate by reaching out on our socials. There's so much interesting stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere. This is On Tape. My 24th birthday was about a week ago and while I'm super grateful for all the love and the wishes, I was also depressed. It started out as this deep anxiety that I had before my birthday and I was very scared. I've never been 24 before. I was also not where I had projected that I would be at this specific age, so that left me feeling empty. I was also dealing with very recent emotions of loss and grief. I had lost a friend and I had also lost my dog Astrid. The occurrence of this event magnified the reality of mortality for me and that was very scary. Growing up, my perception of death had always been that it was a natural progression of life. You were born, you lived, You grew old, and then you died. I was also lucky enough to have only lost people that were above 50, and I know I say this from a point of privilege because I know there's so many people that have lost their siblings and people that were much younger than the expected lifespan. 
losing someone that was so close to my age really shook me up and also brought a lot of questions to the surface what is the quality of the life that i have created for myself and god forbid if i died today would i be fulfilled would i be happy with the decisions that i have made and the relationships that i have invested in would there be any unsaid words left a lot of times we tend to think that we are immortal and there'll be a lot of words that are left unsaid we hold back when we should let go but the reality is that life is so short that every second counts so say what you want to say now fight for the things you want to fight for now give your friends their flowers now compliment them tell them you're proud of them tell them you love them because tomorrow you might just not be here be present in the now and accept the risk of absence on top of the fear of death i was also dealing with a lot of pressure and anxiety around the fact that i felt that my life's progress was not as i had expected or seemed to be progressing at a much slower rate than the rest of my peers and my friends this shot me down a hole of depression and brought up a lot of questions like what was wrong with me what was so different about me that everyone seemed to be moving forward with their lives and i seemed to be stuck in one place now the problem with this was that i was comparing myself to other people i was comparing myself to people that had not been through the same experiences that i had been through people that had not had the same upbringing as i had and ultimately had a different fate than i had our journeys are so different and because of that our wins are different too while some wins like graduating from a four year course are tangible some wins like winning over and surviving a mental health disorder are quite intangible but does that make them invalid we live in a world that's very materialistic and because of that we can lose sight of how important it is to be grateful for even the achievements and the things that we've acquired that we cannot see the ability to wake up not everyone gets to do that the baby steps slow progress is still progress we've been told to only appreciate the things that we can touch the things we can feel and the things that we can see but to be present is to be grateful for even the little things that we cannot see you are such a unique being with a unique journey and unique experiences and because of that your wins are unique to you and you're the only one that can identify them reflection creates awareness and this shines light on what we are grateful for and this was what inspired the new series dear younger me dear younger me is a new exciting series that will feature various personalities sharing deeply on regrets life lessons and the importance of growth overall by writing letters to their younger self i thought it only best to begin with myself as host and founder of the podcast and writing this letter was a very unraveling experience and i hope that you can draw some inspiration or lessons if you're struggling or dealing with a similar situation it was also in itself a very emotional and therapeutic experience and so i look forward to sharing more letters like this from different personalities as we move forward Don't forget to also stick around for our on tape moment today. A member of the audience will share on their views and their thoughts on the prompt. So make sure you stick around till the end of the episode. 
डोंट गो एनीयर Dear younger me everything you were scared would happen happened but you're still here everything you thought would crush you came but you did not burn you're a blaze and all so full of life your mistakes did not break you they set you free your mistakes did not define you they told you I know you're overwhelmed. Everything is changing and you feel like a fish out of water. You have just left the safety net that is your grandmother. I know you're scared shitless. She is the only home you've ever known and you're scared no one will ever love you like she does. You have just left the little village that's been your safe haven. You're trying so hard to be strong. You have left all the friends and family you have ever known behind and you're moving away to create a new life with the man that is your true father. I know your heart. You have been deceived and your whole life has been based on an untold truth. Who then gave birth to you? You wonder. You cry for her every night before you sleep. But how can you crave so much for something you've never known? You start to see way more, say way less, and the overtalkative bubbly soul that you've been starts to die down slowly. It doesn't help that your English sucks and the kids at your new school make fun of you. even though you topped the class back home i know you're intimidated life in a city really is different you would rather stay silent and cower lest you say the wrong words you struggle to fit in and relate there is so much to catch up on you spend countless hours in front of the screen trying to cram as many new words as you can you carry your dictionary with you so much everywhere you go it's mostly in pieces by the end of the school year you have just discovered how much you love to read and your head is shoved in a book every chance you can get you've read all the few classics in your collection over and over again they are the little bubble you escape to your imagination runs wild even though you barely say much you are obsessed with the storylines and the imaginary characters you create there's a whole other world in your head and that keeps you sane You have no idea that all your capabilities and purpose will be tied to this one specific trait. Your ability to dream. I know you can feel it. The way your soul sets on fire every time you tell a story. You have discovered how much you love to write and the words have become a deep part of you. You dream about them even when you are awake. You are a dreamer through and through and it slowly starts to become your strongest set of survival skills. You dream through the storm that is a broken home and the constant struggle to feel like you really belong. High school finally comes. and it's the little escape that you've been looking for a chance to start afresh you have been dreaming about boarding school and getting to hang around people your own age for a change you love it here 
The holidays are a dread for you and every time the school year comes to an end, your heart breaks. You're a whole different person while with your peers. You allow yourself to step out of your shell. You'll do anything not to stick out like a sore thumb. Even if it means pretending that everything at home is perfect. This is when you begin to fall in love with the idea of perception. You've become so good at wearing the different masks that cover who you truly are. You're scared that if anyone finds out who you really are, they'll leave you. So you lie. You start to believe so much in the imaginary life you've created for yourself that the lines between your reality begin to blur. From the outside, everything looks perfect. From the inside, everything starts to fall apart. Your inability to express yourself is beginning to stand in the way of your happiness. Something happened the other night and you won't tell anyone about it even though you know it was wrong. You want to say so much but your voice betrays you and the words never come out. You hate yourself even more for being such a coward. You blame yourself. The small voice in your head says you deserve it. Resentment builds up every time you look in the mirror. At only 16, you've already had your first near attempt at taking your own life. I wish you could peek into the future and see how much greatness you're made for. Maybe then you like yourself more, even just a little bit. Life begins to pass you by and you take a seat back like a passenger on a ride that's supposed to be your life. You have no idea what you want to do with your life. You don't plan to make it that far. You sit through your classes and stare at the walls, wondering what ever made you think you wanted to take this path. The higher you go, the emptier you feel. You walk into adulthood feeling even more lost than you've ever been. Going to school away from home feels like the reset button you've been waiting for. You have no idea what lessons this chapter of your life has in store for you. Your attempts at getting straight into culinary school are not without fail. No one seems to understand that you'd rather immerse yourself in the arts. Cuisine, film, music, photography. You hear them call to you. You thrive when you create, and the dream of a life of passion keeps you up most nights. But you're not strong enough to voice it, and like your forefathers before you, You embark on a journey in a career that only boxes up your will to expand. Your uni days go by like a blur, and most of your classes leave you feeling like you'd rather jump off the roof. You wear so many masks you have no idea who you are. The secrets you carry around still tug at your heart. To cope, you become the life of the party. and the fear of being alone haunts you to the core. You hide in plain sight and the emptiness starts to consume you. Your inner little girl desperately craves the love and validation that you feel like you never got. And you look for it in all the wrong places, never really putting into consideration what you deserve. Your standards are below hell. You're in love for the first time, or so you think, and it feels nothing like the fairy tales you've dreamt of. 
you're in love with the idea of being in love and you're anxiously attached at the hip you know it won't work out but you still stay your abandonment wound is so deep and you make excuses for all the parts of you that begin to shatter i wish i could hold you and tell you that everything is going to be all right but it only gets worse and you sink deeper into depression on the outside nothing looks out of place you smile when you should and you laugh when you should but you don't cry when you should your pain begins to grow and the cracks begin to show you have very little control over your emotions and a small part of you believes you're going crazy you make mistakes and the price is paid in pain you lose you lose and you lose you seek to bring it all to an end but even your courage fails you i wish i could hold you and tell you that you're loved that you're worthy and that you deserve a long happy life you're so young and everything cuts so deep you care so much about what people have to say and this shapes a lot of the decisions that you make you're looking for happiness everywhere else but within yourself but all this is behind you now time heals all wounds like they say and most of the scars don't hurt so much anymore some nights you wake up scared fearing that you might find yourself in that place again afraid frightened and alone giving and never taking anything back in return you're in such a better place now i mean how of the woman you continue to become every day you have fallen all so many times but you always get up you never stop fighting and you continue to figure out the bits and pieces of who you're meant to be you're not done healing but it's all a bit lighter now you're much kinder to yourself and with each day that goes by you fall in love hard with yourself you're learning so much about yourself and it intrigues you how you could have ever thought yourself worthless you have so much to offer you vibrate with so much goodness and kindness you've seen how bleak a world void of that can be and you make it your life's purpose to spread as much love and light as you can hoping that at the very least one person less won't have to go through what you've been through you're committed to changing the narrative for yourself for so long you believed that the mental health struggles you carried isolated you and tried to hide them from the world today you wear your scars like a badge of honor you are living proof that we can and continue to overcome you have found an anchor in love faith and spiritual healing and for the very first time you're happy you smile when you smile you laugh when you laugh and you cry when you cry you feel your feelings so deeply you know the trials are not over and heck it feels like a whole new beginning you know you're in a much better place now and you'll get through whatever is coming your way some days you win some days you lose but you understand how important it is to never quit i know you're ready to conquer the world free from your past and with your heart so big and ready to love
I know you're ready to finally live as opposed to existing. I know you're finally ready to fly. For the very first time, your dreams are valid and you'll chase them to the end of the world if you have to. For the very first time, the little girl that you see in the mirror does not weep. You are a small girl in a big world with a big god and the universe is your canvas. Tell that little girl I'll always be here rooting for you fighting for you I am your biggest fan after all I would do it all again if I could because I know everything you are today is a sum of everything you've been through Tell that little girl I love her I always have I just had to find it within me Always remember that you're loved that you're worthy and that you deserve only the best Signed with grace your older self Hello my beautiful people You're welcome back to On Tape, the podcast, a podcast where we hold disruptive conversations on experiences we wouldn't normally share. If you made it this far to the mini Q&A segment, then you're officially my favorite member of the audience because that means that you got through the letter and I'm super proud of you. I hope it made sense. As we move forward with this Dear Younger Me series, we'll always have an interactive mini Q&A session where I would usually ask the participants some questions, following up to their letter and go in depth on some of the things discussed in the letter. I had an amazing friend of mine listen to my letter and then she put these questions together. So I'm actually reading them for the first time as well. But um shout out to her like she's such an intentional friend. So yeah. How have you changed in the last 5 years? What new realizations and or approaches helped? Considering the fact that I was 18 about 5 years ago fresh out of high school very curious I would describe that version of myself as very carefree I was very rebellious very angry I had quite a lot of anger as a teenager I was definitely not in control of my emotions Um so quite a lot of anger issues. Growth is obviously a continuous process, but for now I would say I have much more confidence in myself now and I'm not afraid to follow my dreams and do what I want to do as opposed to what I think my parents would rather I do or what would look better in society. Of course with a lot of trial and error and I believe I'll continue to try out quite a couple of things. I'm learning a lot about myself and self-awareness is really key. In the last 5 years I have taken much more time to spend time with myself, discover my interests that has helped me to put myself apart from the rest. Um I feel like at 18 there are things that i knew that i liked but i was also a very spineless character and so i kind of put aside things that i liked just to fit in with everyone else so i remember for a time i stopped reading and i stopped writing because it was just not cool i guess i have a better understanding of who i am now as a person 
my interests, my preferences, what do I like to do, my passion, what drives me, how do I want to serve my community, how can I create a life around this, how can I do the things I love and still be financially stable, be able to be happy, to be healthy, having an idea of who I am, I am better able to navigate my life when it comes to work, familial relationships, whatever it is, that's just how I'm able to do much better. My self-growth journey definitely has a big part to play in that. Introducing healthy practices like meditation, and when you're self-aware, you can now figure out how to get to where you want to get to. I think that wraps up how I've changed in the past five years. And also, it's not really change per se. I meet a lot of people that haven't met this version of me, and they're so attached to who I was then. I can't sit down and explain to you that it's not even that that's who I was. It's the fact that I was afraid to be myself. So I've not really changed. I'm just strong enough to be myself now. I'm finally brave enough to remove all those masks and be myself. What are you holding on to that's holding you back? I have a lot of procrastination tendencies. I'm very much aware that there are things that I could do that would really, really change the quality of my life. But then at the same time, I'm sort of reluctant because I'm also scared. And sometimes the magnitude of my dream scares me. And sometimes I'm scared to do it. So I tend to procrastinate a lot. The next thing that I would say is holding me back. I would say my abandonment wound. I am much more confident in who I am as a person and what kind of value I offer in the relationships that I invest in. So I no longer feel the urge to people please. That has gone down. But at the back of my mind, I am always very aware that people can walk away from me. I was trying to explain this to my therapist. I told her about the specific memory. It was not even a memory because it's not an experience that I had lived, but it was rather something that my mind had conjured up after being told this story over and over again. The story of a scared little girl, my mother at the time, leaving a baby at the doorstep of my dad, who was also just a student at the time. I have much better context of the situation now because I've sat down with my biological mother and we've talked about circumstances surrounding my birth and um, why she made a decision like that. But when I was younger, this replayed in my head a lot. And most times if it was a situation where I was feeling unloved or feeling unwanted, it was always a sort of reference for me. If this woman that gave birth to you could walk away and leave you there, what about this stranger? What about this friend that you just met at school? What about this boyfriend that you just met two years ago? So it was deeply etched in my head that there could never be any sort of permanence with the people in my life. I was always waiting for them to go. What this did to me was it brought about a lot of self-sabotage. It was always like, let me just get it over with and I know you're going to leave me, so why don't you just leave me earlier so that I'm not that hurt? This fear of abandonment is something that I, I fight daily. I am not afraid to say that, but I would say I'm, I'm in a much better place now. I'm very vocal about, you know, words of affirmation being my love language. I love to be reassured and to believe that the people in my life love me and they want me there. And I also know how annoying it can be 
to have to reassure someone so I try to work on loving myself so that I can feel enough and be confident that I'm enough and I'm worthy and I deserve to be loved. What would you do if you didn't care what anyone else thought? This is a very interesting one because before now I had a lot of patterns like that in my life. I made a lot of decisions based on what people thought, what will society say, what do my parents think? It was a lot of what anyone else but me thought. This started to kill me. I would say I was a very smart student, I've always been, but I was very drawn to the arts from an early age. I loved to read books, I loved to write. I wanted to be a singer when I was 12. So I've always loved art and music. Very curious mind. And um when it came to my A-levels, I wanted literature so badly, but I was the kind of student that had performed better in the sciences. Science made sense to me. I was not good at history and I was not good at geography. And I remember when we were doing subject selection, all the schools seemed to offer me subjects like biology, physics, chemistry, but then also being a fast-born girl child. I'm a very much logic over emotion person. In my heart, I knew that I wanted literature. I knew I wanted a career in the arts. I knew I wanted to create, but it just felt like i was moving with the flow and it was like well society prefers science subjects you have an option to do science subjects even though you know deep down that you want to do the arts and yeah so i decided to go with what looked better on my papers or what everyone else wanted for me instead of what i wanted for myself so the cycle continued and I made the first step towards a career that I did not want. I remember spending a good part of my A-levels writing and directing plays for music, dance and drama. I was putting together pieces of who I I was. Even being a biology student, I was still looking at what's the most artistic form of biology that I could. center on and um I ended up doing human nutrition and dietetics at uni. I already had a deep passion for cooking. Like I said I liked to create. I loved art, putting together different recipes and just seeing food come together, the different colors. So I was like I think that's it. Let me just grab on to this. But by the time I was going for my third year by now we were going to do internship and we were supposed to do internship in hospitals and it was just not me anymore i didn't have the zeal to go to class when i eventually got the strength to stop really caring about what people thought i quit that and i believe i'm still very young and there's still so much of the world to see i believe i would have gone for a career in the arts maybe film school music school theater so maybe i would be further into my artistic career already growing up would come home the visitors and guests and they would ask you what do you want to be and we had these specific answers that sounded better i want to be a lawyer or an engineer but everything i wanted sounded so unconventional i remember wanting to be a writer I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to be an actor. My parents would always tell me, you know, these things are amazing, but you need like an actual career and these things just sound like hobbies. So because of that mindset, I thought I needed to have an actual serious career, serious in quotes, and then I would be able to do these things that I loved as hobbies. But now I've realized that I don't have to hide from the things that I love and that I can actually make money doing the things I love. and have the best of both worlds. 
This brings us to the very last question. How have your familial, romantic and platonic relationships changed as you've grown and moved through new seasons of your life? Okay, um I'll start with my familial relationships. With all the circumstances around my birth, it's not been an easy straight up connection with my family. I still don't know a lot of people on my mother's side of the family and I'm just really getting to know my mother herself. I would say it's been a journey of forgiveness. I've had to understand and forgive a lot and also understand the role that I've had to play as well especially with my relationship with my father. I'm still not very close to my family. I'm very much the black sheep of the family, but uh, we've made steps and it's like at least there's now some peace. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to investing more in these familial relationships that I have. When it comes to platonic relationships, I think that's where most of my energy is right now because in my past I've realized that I was not very intentional with my platonic relationships so right now my my friends are some of the most important people in my life I used to be the kind of person that would focus more on my family and romantic relationships and I had so many friends friends in court so because of that it was undefined most of the friendships I had were based on hanging out or things like that but as life has moved forward and we're getting through more of life's experiences loss marriage they're having children those kinds of events have made me bond with my platonic relationships more right now I'm at a point where I'm very intentional with my friendships I want to tell my friends I love them I want to support them whatever they are doing I want to push them It's very much where most of my energy is at now and I'm also very intentional about creating friendships with people that I share interests with. Right now a lot of my friends are people that love to read, people that love arts, people in the creative space, people in the music scene. I am just being more intentional and straightforward about the friendships that I invest in. And yeah, When it comes to romantic relationships my perception of love is at the best place it has ever been. I want to look at love as a partnership as two whole people coming together to just enjoy each other's company, experience things together. It's just having someone to share all this love with. In a previous episode I've talked about walking in love so I'm very much in a calm love era right now. I have also been very anxiously attached in the past when it comes to romantic relationships. So right now those are some of the things I'm working on the most being independent in a relationship, being an individual, being who I am doing the things that I love to do not wanting to spend every breathing second near this person and also being secure enough in the fact that I am enough and also being very cognitively aware of what I deserve so I'm at a place where I think I know what I want and I'm not willing to settle I'm good enough on my own I'm so happy on my own I ended with the romantic one specifically because I wanted us to get into today's prompt. I am very much an advocate for love is a choice. I think it's a two-way street, it's a partnership. It's people waking up and deciding to choose each other despite everything else that's going on. And I definitely don't believe in love at first sight. I believe love takes time. and because it's a combination of all these other ingredients like trust today's prompt is basically a discussion on whether love is a choice or if it can be 
a first sight kind of love where you've just seen someone and you believe you love them without even you know knowing how they resolve their conflicts would you believe you loved someone just based on first appearances is it a choice that you make after you've learned who this person is thank you for riding with us till this far i'm sending you love and light this is musinare don't go anywhere Hi. My name is Kenan Arinda and I am a journalist by qualification, an astrophysicist by study and a meme lord by career choice. Now, this question of is love at first sight possible? I think that many times what happens is when we think about love, we tend to confuse two quite distinct yet similar phenomenons hear me out oftentimes when people refer to love what they in fact mean is simply attraction and here's the difference attraction comes as soon as any of your five senses is appealed to and you know the five senses right um just a few to mention sight hearing touch smell i'll let you guess the last one <laughs> but as long as any of those five senses are appealed to you are going to be attracted to someone or something now whether it turns into love is a whole other story and let me first address it from a very outward perspective and then come to a more scientific way to look at it On the outside when you ask someone what is love they will often fail to answer and that is because there isn't really a dictionary definition or well there is a, dif- a dictionary definition but um a wholesomely accepted definition everyone seems to have their own definition that's because it's so complicated or is it it is complicated because we do not tend to look at it from the scientific school of thought we think about it uh from a very sociological uh, societal very religious way of thinking and that complicates things because the lines are so blurry someone would tell you love is forgiveness love is sacrifice love is all these things but is it or is it not it's very hard to define from a religious sociological or societal way of thinking every individual will have their own thought but when we approach it from a scientific very evidence based very experiment and a response based way of thinking then we are able to come closer to a more conventionally acceptable definition love arises when hormones in your brain begin to respond a certain way to someone or something differently from things that you do not quote unquote love here's an example when you look at someone that you are attracted to feel good hormones like dopamine are going to be released in your brain and you'll be attracted to that person when you love someone then extra hormones oxytocin and the likes which I'll not get into we begin to play the whole balance of the mind thing now from a, again a very sociological way of thinking we normally say that the heart falls in love and the brain thinks but of course scientifically speaking we know that the heart does nothing more than pump blood because that is all the organ is able to do the part of feeling emotions what we accord to the heart and i could explain why we think that but that would be a whole other episode there is a part of your brain the limbic system that is responsible for handling these emotions and blah 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 
That is what handles this thing we call love. And it is best on nothing more than hormonal flow balances in your brain. Some of the definitions might not be very spot on, but that's because I'm trying to keep it as understandable as possible. So really, the question of are you able to fall in love? No, you're not able to fall in love at first sight because that isn't enough time for your body, your brain to develop a strong enough attraction, a strong enough bond to this other human being or thing because you can fall in love with almost anything. It's not enough time. But at first sight, someone in this case can appeal to any of those five senses and you can be attracted to them. Now, also, attraction is in different formats, and you can get attracted to someone romantically. You can get attracted to someone sexually, which those are also two different things. You can get attracted to someone platonically as a friend. Someone's like, oh my God, Tina is such a cool girl, and I would want to be her friend, and they get attracted to you. Maybe it's because of the way you were dressed that day, or the way you spoke that day, or simply the way you look or the way you behave. And so attraction is possible, very possible, almost at the snap of a finger. And we must keep in mind that attraction, because it's not as deeply rooted, it can come very easily, but it can also go quite as easily. Love, on the other hand, begins to mess with parts of your brain that can't just be wiped away that easily. It is more fundamentally rooted and it is much deeper in its essence. It can be tested. It can be proven. Not from a sociological perspective, but from a biological perspective. Your neurons, your brain activity and things of the sort. And of course, we have disorders such as psychopathy, which greatly limit your limbic system from functioning the way that it ordinarily would. And then that becomes the question of the psychopaths able to fall in love and blah, blah, blah. But in short, attraction at first sight is very possible. Love at first sight, not so much.